Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. not here because then I have to like do the fake music intro like through this stream and I'm not sure if it's working right and then you know I grab the wrong button and it rewinds the music (laughs) oh man it is Wednesday night you know what that means it's the Mark Order podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network uh, man, episode 30. Yeah. Flying. Hey, Berg. Hello, Berg. Good to see you. Uh, I guess, Schlong, it's just the two live crew tonight. Wow, Apparently. that just really abruptly cuts. I gotta fix that, jeez. Yeah, there's no fade at all. I thought I put a fade in there automatically, but I guess I didn't. Uh, so, boy. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, it's the two live crew tonight. Uh, Schlong and uh, Ant Money here on the Park Quarter Podcast. Um, so uh, we were all going to be here tonight. And then uh, real life got in the way of a lot of scheduling. And now we're down to Schlong and Ant Money here 15 minutes later than usual. Yeah, We almost a- didn't even do a show today. Yeah, it was a close one there, Matt. Got called in. I won't even give him a fake reason for once because I feel bad. He got called into work literally at like 4.30 today. It was ridiculous. Kate's yeah, going on his, the Jericho's. Yes. Well, that, you know, that's just, I think, another big timer thing, you know. So we'll give, you know, it, Kate is what it is. But, yes, I did generally feel bad about Matt because he was not supposed to work this evening. He was supposed to be here with us. He was looking forward to it. And you're right. Then all of a sudden he got at like 4.30, he got the note like, hey, bud, got to do this late night gig. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, oh, it I, sucks. I, I, I don't feel bad for Kate. She can wake up at 4 a.m. and go on her Jericho's. I mean, honestly, like at that point, like why? Like just stay up. Like what are we doing? Just stay up all night. I guess she wants to be able to function a little bit. What's there to function on a cruise ship? Well, I guess there's well, a lot got of a, wrestling shit. And she's got to fly down to Florida. So I guess in her head, it's like, you know. Sleep on a plane. I can't sleep on a plane for the life of me. Bro, I could sleep anywhere. I have slept anywhere. I've fallen asleep at Slay- two Slayer concerts, two separate occasions. The hell's wrong with you? Uh, listen, I can fall asleep anywhere, man. I'm telling you, it's that's all it is. I like Slayer, but 
I don't know. I just was tired, so I fell asleep. I don't know. I just was tired, so there you go. Um, Shlong, uh, here's some good news, though. Uh, since Matt's not here, uh, we can recap our Philly trip uh, on Sunday. So I wish he was here because I'd like to trash him to his face. Sure. Because I think that's well-deserved after the, uh, we'll just call it slight bit of alcohol he drank. I mean, he enjoyed himself. He wasn't, let's, let's be kind to him in at least this way. He was not wasted. Like well, here's he the wasn't... problem. I agree, but here's the problem I'm running into. If he were here, he would be the mo- he would be described as the most wasted individual that ever existed. I'd be throwing him under six buses, pretending that he was ready to puke everywhere. Since he's not here to defend himself, I have to be a little nicer and say he wasn't that bad at all. He was just. No. If Matt on the podcast is Matt amplified to like eleven, this was Matt amplified to like fifteen. Which is still a really good time, and but it's just the only concern I had about him, and I would tell him this is that towards the end, he was getting a little bit more confrontational in his chance, <laughs> and I I wasn't worried about him. I was worried about other people not taking it the right way because we had some weird people around us, and the plant in the audience didn't like him at all. No, uh, you are correct there. I, I think, so we should say this. So we were, um, when these air, if you're actually watching New Japan, uh, uh, oh my God, I forgot the name of the brand. Strong. The, uh, the Strong, yes, sorry. Uh, if you if you watch New Japan Strong, uh, when this show comes out, we were at that Sunday show in Philly. Um uh, you will absolutely, you should absolutely hear Matt yelling things out, uh, because without question, yeah, because there were times where he was yelling and it was absolute silence, and it wasn't planned that way. He wasn't trying to yell at quiet times to be an asshole. He just happened to be yelling stuff out when everybody else in that whole building was being silent. So and that was funny. It was, and I don't know. If- you know, if you're not from Philly or you're not a fan of old school ECW, the 2300 Arena is the old school ECW uh, arena, but fixed up now. It's not the same. The reason I bring that up is size wise, it's not a big place. You know, so when no. someone like Matt is yelling at the top of his lungs in complete silence, boy, does that get around the place. Oh, absolutely. Now, I will say there were quite a few people. Highly entertained by what he was saying. Of course. But so I'm sure the people heard me just mention a couple seconds ago. Oh, there was a plant in the audience and they didn't like Matt. So towards the last match was uh, Suzuki and Archer versus Moxley and uh, Kingston. And out of nowhere, literally right before the last match, some dude comes up who's got a hoodie on over his head. He sits in the front row. Did you figure out who it was? No, but we should also mention this is important. It was a Philly street fight. Okay, yeah, sorry. Philly Street Fight. So he comes up to the very front row to the end seat that had been empty all night, and he sits down with the sign that says, Mox, use my sign. Clearly, he was there for one reason and one reason only. Well, he kept standing 
when everyone else had sat and he was blocking Matt's view. So Matt yells out, sit down, you hand job. The guy turns around and goes, what'd you call me? <laughs> but he sat down. Yeah. I think his exact quote was, what the fuck did you just say to me? And then he sat down quietly. Yeah. I, I mean, truthfully, what is he going to do? He's, he's the employee there. He'd be in a lot of trouble if he got in, if he engaged in some shenanigans, but it was just the funniest thing because that was a moment of like, he definitely was pissed that Matt called him a hand job and could do <laughs> nothing, but he was also in the wrong. Sit the fuck down. You're blocking our view. It's just so funny. Uh, calling somebody a hand job and having them get so angry. Um, man, it was, it was hilarious, but it was a lot of fun. Um, the, the crowd there was really, I mean, I, I'm saying at times it was quiet. That's not a bad thing. There were just, you know, natural kind of lulls in the action and people were quiet, you know, not trying to be assholes. Um, but the crowd was good. Everybody who was there was was into it. You know, if you're there, you know, you want to be there. Um, and, it, you know, there was also talent there that has been getting, you know, uh, you know, television time and, and talent who is really well known in the New Japan world. Uh, so it wound up being a good show for that. Now, I personally, uh, decided, uh, I had a fashion choice to make Sunday, Ryan. I, um, I was either going to do one or two things. I was either going to just kind of go normal like everybody else, or I was going to dress up for the occasion because I was going to dress up for Arthur Ashe and it wound up being like a hundred degrees. And I was like, there's no way I'm wearing a jacket and, or a sequin jacket. Um, so I've got to do this at another date and December, December at the UBS or UCB arena, whatever it is in Long Island, it's probably going to be a little too chilly to rock some of my shorts and jacket combos. So I figured this is probably the last time. So, uh, I decided to wear my pink and blacks, my breath of Hitman heart, uh, survivor series. I think it was 95. I can't remember the year off the top of my head right now. Uh, entrance gear. So it was a satin pink and black jacket uh, and the matching shorts. And I was in, I was in fucking heaven, baby. People were, people were digging it. And I was glad because I was like, I'm either, it's going to go one of two ways. People are going to be like, look at this hand job to bring, bring it back to the hand job. People are going to be like, look at this hand job. He doesn't know what he's here for. Uh, or people are going to be like, that's awesome. And thankfully most people were saying, that's awesome. And I appreciate it because as a larger man, I could just look like a Kool-Aid man or a bottle, a very large bottle of Pepto-Bismol. But you got lucky. And I'll say got lucky. If Bret Hart's colors were red, as a bigger man myself, that is a huge fear. Pink, yes, a bottle of Pepto-Bismol, but that's not associated with a giant round jar like like Kool-Aid is. Very I think true. Bret is also a good wrestler for an, uh, an NJPW crowd because even though he didn't wrestle there, he – or at least wrestle significantly. He he's such a pure wrestler that anyone who goes to see New Japan is going to be a Bret Hart fan. You're not, you know, it's not like coming in John Cena gear where they may, might be like, "Who the hell are you?" It's like, no, it's Bret fucking Hart. You're gonna love him. Well, you think that, but I did have one person. Uh, so I was waiting for a drink in the concession line, and um, was watching the match. Whatever was going on in the ring, because you know the room's so small, you could see. Sorry, I'm blocking the camera. Hi, everybody out there. Um, you can see the ring from where you were standing at the concession. So I'm, you know, watching this guy goes, Hey, man, 
I love the jacket. I love the whole thing. It's awesome. But I got to tell you, I think Bret Hart was the most overrated wrestler of all time. I was like, wow, what a backhanded compliment that shit is. So my response was, and again, this wasn't heated. It was actually, it's cool because a couple other people started to kind of jump into the conversation. I kind of tuned out because I was watching what was going on in the ring. Um, uh, but, um, you know, the first thing I said to this guy was, hey, man, that's, you know, I disagree. But tell me who's better and don't say it's Shawn Michaels. And his first answer was, well, it's Shawn Michaels. And then it, he so he goes, it's Shawn Michaels and, and The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was just like, all right, man, that's the end of this conversation. That's why I kind of tuned out. Um, but again, hey, what was, what was awesome is, uh, yeah, thank you, Aaron. Aaron says, how can one sentence be so wrong? And I wholeheartedly agree. Um but be, I mean, again, I'm playing, you know, listen, I think it's awesome when you can go places and people are actually willing to have conversations like this and people aren't just like, fuck you, fuck Bret Hart, fuck this, fuck that, you know. Uh, and, and as I said, other people who are also in line actually started to talk about this. And I think my, one of my points was basically like, hey, man, like, it's cool that you could have that opinion, but it's hard to cross a lot of generational lines here basically with like you know i think at one point he said uh stone cold i'm like ah, generations are a little different he might have even said like kurt angle i'm like kurt angle's even a different generation but it would be it would have been awesome to see them have a match i i'm a as a entertaining wrestler not as a overall person because of a lot of behind the scenes stuff I tend to go HBK. He was the he was the huge baby face when I started watching, so that's always where I lean. Obviously, you take the stuff outside the ring, changes mightily, but you can make an argument for HBK whether you want to or not. There, there's an argument made there because Brett and HBK are two guys who pretty much do anything they wanted in the ring. Stone Cold, at some point in his career, had the the weird thing about Stone Cold is he was a great wrestler. But he got hurt. He broke his neck. So when he hit his biggest run, he wasn't nearly as good as he used to be in the ring. So it's a sure. weird little like. And Kurt Angle, as much as I love Kurt Angle, he's just not in the same league. Like Bret Hart, I will say this: as I've gotten older, the Bret Hart character has hit me a lot. Has has impacted me a lot more. He could sell so well. He made stories so believable, and he had a realistic character but not like because i don't need every character to be realistic my favorite character my favorite wrestler in in a aw is orange cassidy but for like the major players bret hart had a character that could literally go in any era like he was because he just i he was a dude he was just that much better than you he's kind of like if you want to go a closer wrestler who didn't get nearly as much well not nearly but didn't get as much success but we feel like mr perfect the guy who didn't matter where you threw him in because he didn't really play right. any person. He's just a guy. The Undertaker. Well, he was perfect. I don't know how you could make The Undertaker an argument for anyone. My God. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all character there, my friends. Yeah, he, he, had, you know. he had good matches when he had good opponents. But yeah, that was it. Like, he had a lot of ugly matches. Uh, I mean, especially... 
especially later in his career where it's like, man, we shouldn't really be doing this taker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, like he, he uh, should have won out when, when Sean went out. Like that should have been the end for both of them. Yeah. I think they – but he just – ooh, that's that's a weird take. I, 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 mean, I think hey, Bret Hart – Oh, sorry, so I was going to say, listen, I mean, again, people are going to have their opinions, right? I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't agree with it. But uh, I just think it's awesome when you go to an environment, right, and you can have these conversations randomly with random people, right? That's why that was such a great – it was so great to have that happen in New Japan because you could tell the, the crowd that was there was into wrestling. If right? you're going to New Japan, you are – and I was there, so I says, you are a level of geek that's pretty high. That's why I laugh when Matt throws out the word Mark is like an insult. It's like, Matt, not only are you here with us, not only do you host wrestling podcasts, but you're explaining to me who everyone is. Like, you're as big of a Mark as any of us. But again, he's doing it facetiously. Like, he's laughing as he says it. He knows the irony in the statement. Of but that's of the whole joke. That's the great part. Everyone at one of these shows is a wrestling geek. And they know everyone else there's a wrestling geek. So it's you're among your people and they like and it's it's a it's a good it was a good um energy. There's only a couple weird people there where I was like, Oh, you're 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 close to making this a weird time. Um yeah. like the, the guy at the end of our aisle was a was a little tough to take, just randomly yelling out things. Um if you but I will say this people, if you ever want to piss Matt off, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Matt, stop listening so I can tell people how to piss you off. Call Jay White overrated. He does not like that at all. Don't you dare! Don't you dare besmirch that name on this podcast. I, I, the best part is, like, I don't believe I don't know enough about Jay White except I think he looks better without the beard. But it's a terrible take. It's not because because I still say yes. He has a he has such a ba- like f- actual physical baby face when he shaves. But there's so many bearded guys out there now that I think he needs to look different. That being said, I don't know enough about his wrestling ability to judge. I just know it pisses Matt off, and that's all I had to say because Matt did not like the guys I liked. So, Very true. Very true. I will say this, though. The Switchblade did look good Sunday. Um, really good match. I, 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 that's the second time I've seen the Switchblade wrestle live. Uh, he's fantastic, and the hopes that someday there's a little bit of crossover between, you know, the company that we normally talk about, AEW, New Japan, and somehow Jay White shows up. Oh, my God. Well, for all those AEW fans out there who are like, hey, you guys are talking about New Japan, there were AEW guys wrestling. Daniel Garcia was there. Leo Rush was there. John Moxley was there. Eddie King. So there is already i mean we've known about it obviously suzuki's coming so it's not unrealistic to think that jay white when their angle is is right to think that he'll step over and say this is somewhere i am i think the bigger the biggest problem that jay white is going to have not jay white but new japan and jay white are going to have with the AEWs. that's going to be a tough one to decide they're really going to have to let their ego slide on that one company egos not wrestler egos but company egos sure. be like who's coming out on top because it was pretty easy AEW to impact to say AEW is going to come like the AEW guy has to be big because it's while AEW is technically I think AEW is bigger in, in America than New Japan clearly in Japan it's not so there's a little bit of like who's gonna 
but there's a great story to be told there with him and Omega. Yeah. There's, there's a fantastic, there's a lot of good stories to tell. I mean, there's so many guys in AEW who've had ties, history in New Japan, right? So it only makes sense at some point for those stories to be told. But either way, it was a, it was a great night. Uh, and you mentioned Daniel Garcia was there as I was in concessions getting my soda. Um, I happened to notice he actually was standing by the merch table. So I actually got to say hello to Mr. Garcia. Let him know that uh, we think he's looking fantastic uh, in AEW. He looks fantastic Sunday night, too. Uh, he wrestled with uh, Brody King, um, which was just a fantastic. It was a, it was like a triples match. I don't remember the entire card. It also hasn't aired yet, so I don't want to really get into anything with it. Yeah, well, no, but right. um, no, he, he looked fantastic in the match that night. Um, and, uh, you know, I just let him know uh, he's looking great in AEW. And I think it was a steal for that company to sign him up. Uh, and uh, we're going to continue to watch him grow. They they definitely have a lot of stock in him. Uh, and they should because he's a fantastic wrestler. I will say this. The one thing he got, I don't want to, I forget who was in that match too. But let's just say he was in that match with names. And he was getting the loudest cheers. People are very excited and very happy for him. I think, yeah, you know, and and that's, I think that's unique because he's only what twenty two, so he's not or twenty three. He's like twenty two, twenty three. He's not old. So usually when you see the crowd so happy and excited for someone, it's because they've been doing it for ten years, and they, I think they just see that this kid cares so much, and that, yeah, he's awesome. I can't, I can't wait now to see where they go with him. I still, I'm still cheering for trios titles because him and two just crack me up, but they're also very good in the ring. So it's like. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's going to be great to see where they, they move him uh, in his singles kind of run at some point. Um, and yeah, he was getting great cheers. And uh, I even was just noticing during that match, like I said, he teamed with Brody King. And the look on Brody King's face during that match, watching him wrestle, just like, holy shit, uh, this guy can, can go. Uh, so it was just pretty awesome to see. Uh, so if you uh, are watching New Japan, uh, strong. Uh, this will be airing at some point uh, on Saturday. Listen uh, for Matt. Definitely. Uh, that's the only reason I want to see the show now. I think I said at the show, I'm glad I was here because I'm never going to see it, but I have to get to see this show now. I'll have to use Matt's login because I'm going to have to listen for. I just realized too, audio. we were kind of diagonal of the, the commentary booth. There's oh, yeah. no way their mics didn't pick him up. Yeah, you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to hear Matt unless they overdub it. It's gonna be incredible. Amazing. But uh it was a fun trip. We can't wait to do it again. Um Schlong, moving on. Um had a little show and tell. Uh, a couple items I think you'll be interested in here. Some show and tell. So first I placed uh if you if you like that Bret Hart get up. I think you're gonna like this new getup that I got. Ready? Are they the Bam Bams? The Bam Bams, baby. I'd also point out Show and Tell is a strip club in Philly. If anyone's curious, um, we can go. You want to go? I'll take you. Never been. Have no desire. I don't think it's a nice one. Those are the best ones. That is sick. So I got the old school WWF patch on that. 
so it is not an F. It is a WWE legend. But uh, but it's the Legends uh, patch. Thing. Is is it a sticker or a patch? It's uh, it's just uh, you know part well, you know of what I'm saying. Like, it's it's on there yeah. though. It's it's oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So that's the newest uh, newest kit from Chocolate. So we're not going to see that till next summer, maybe spring at the earliest, or if I go on some sort of tropical vacation. And you see, happening. the sad part is you could have worn that to Arthur Ashe. Could have. It was not here. Uh, it no. was not here. Um, I wish it was though. Uh, Joe Evans says that Bam Bam gear is literal fire. I agree, Joe Evans. Uh, Bam Bam is also underrated wrestler. This is also something I had show up that I think you're going to be into. I've been sitting on this one for a while. And then I actually ordered something um, for Mrs. Money. I ordered a couple of things for Mrs. Money that I saw that I knew she'd get a kick out of. She's like the only one who'd get the the jokes. But I ordered some pins from Patty LaPelle. And Patty LaPelle uh, a while ago did uh, did like a, a collaboration with another artist, Thumbs, uh, to do these this pin set. Uh, and I had been eyeing a couple of them, but I just said, I got to get the full set. It was on sale. I didn't pay full retail like the Young Bucks. But Shlong, you're going to like these. Um, this is called Springfield Mania. It's a whole set. I don't know if this is in focus. It's oh, a whole I, set. I mean, I can see it. That is sick. I'm going to pull out a couple ones here. This is uh, Millhouse's HBK. This is not in focus. I apologize. We were talking about this before, too. Here's Duffman, Kurt Angle. That is, oh, my God. Uh, I also like, uh, here's Barney as Macho Man, Randy Savage. Those are sick. Uh, Moe Sislak as the Ultimate Warrior. Of course, uh, uh, Hulk Homer. Right. I mean, that just flows. It has to be Hulk Homer. And um, Schlong, I'm pretty sure you're going to appreciate this one. This is my favorite. And there's more. I'm not showing you every single one. These were just some of my favorites. This is my favorite and the one I think you're going to appreciate the most. Who's this? Stone Cold Hans Molman? That's right. And I don't know if you can tell because the camera's not in focus, but the little little thing on uh, on his vest says Hans. So Stone Cold Hans moment. He is one of the most underrated characters in that entire show. I love Hans moment. I was saying Boo Earns. So Schlong, there's also uh, something else I got here. Um, now I'm gonna. Uh, I got a package in the mail. This is not something that I ordered. This is a package from Pro Wrestling Tees. I'm pretty sure I know who it's from. I'm going to open it up first. I don't know what's in here, but I was told in the Discord that I was going to have some mail come. I do like the new Pro Wrestling tea bags that have, like, you know, pizzas and um, clothes hangers and uh, trumpets and also Cole Cabana's face on it. Let's see. Oh, actually. Oh, boy. Well, there's actually two items in here. Please be sheeted. Please, please be sheeted. I was not expecting two items here. Just seeing if there's a note or anything like that. There's there's not, but I know who this is from. 
I'll give credit where credit's due when we get through this. <clears throat> so Shlong, I um uh I uh I right now only have well I had three AEW t-shirts to this point. I had the two that came in my box that we showed last week, the AEW crate, and I had the the uh Abaddon one that Matt got me for Christmas. I now have two new t-shirts. Um Two new T-shirts, and these are these are thanks to to Joe Evans. So I'm not wearing them tonight because I received them and I wanted to open them on air. So um, they're the right size, I'll tell you that much. So here's the first one, and you can tell what it is, Ryan, when you see it. A Fuego del Sol flame on shirt. Oh my god, that's amazing. You deserve Fuego it. Del Sol flame on shirt. That's right. And then uh, the one that Burger King somehow hasn't sued him for. Well, I've got one if they decide to cease and desist. All right, Schlong, shirt number two. Here we go. Holy Sheeta. Holy Sheeta. Holy Sheeta. That is amazing. Joe Evans, you're the man. I love you, Joe. That is, you deserve that shirt too. Joe Evans, uh, not necessary two t-shirts. <laughs> not necessary at all, my friend. Yeah, Joe, giving them isn't necessary, but if you're going to, you picked the right two. Aaron, you're right. Holy Sheeta. Oh, and Joe is uh, welcoming you to two yeah. Team Tornado DDT. Welcome. Glad to well, have you on the team. Um, I guess I'm happy to be part of it. I love uh, it. Uh, you're going to have to wear them now. I mean, you know I'm that's gonna, required. No, I, I'm going to wear them. Uh, and uh, Joe, uh, listen, I've said it in the Discord. I've said it here on the show. Joe is the first person to send me anything that can be worn here on the air. Now, I know you can't really see me because of the way the camera is. i got to rework this so I have a little bit of a wider angle here. But uh, I'll definitely rock these shirts over the next couple weeks. For we'll a portion do like a fashion of the show, show whenever you put them on. We'll have to see them. Yeah. This office does get very warm. Uh, that's why I'm always actually in a in a sleeveless tee. <laughs> are you running? And this is such a weird question, but I'm just. Are you running a laptop or like a PC? No, it's a PC, but it's it's just this room. This actual. But I'm just, room so that it's I'm not in. the PC getting hot. No, because like no, okay. not at all. Sometimes when PCs this get hot, cool. they can really fuck fuck with the room. No, it's just this room is smaller than the other rooms. Not a lot of great ventilation. Plus, the heat is on in this house, so even with a window open, I don't put the fan on above my head because uh, you'll hear it through the microphone. Did you just say the anyway. heat is on? Yeah, it's like 50 degrees here. Yeah, it's 50 degrees here, too. It doesn't mean the heat's on. Well, tell that to a four-year-old. Okay, fair. You're right. Sorry, I forgot there's the four-year-old. Um, but yeah, so um, Joe Evans, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Uh, too, too kind of you. Uh, I'll be wearing them over the next couple of weeks. We'll have them on, uh, and uh, we'll get them some airtime. I love Very it. much appreciated. Was not expecting two. Was expecting one, not two. Fantastic. Thank you, Joe. I was expecting just the Sheeta, to be quite honest. that With the threats that were being made, so was I. So was I. Amazing. Uh, really fun. So thank you so much. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to the next thing, Schlong. Let's keep this train moving without all the D 
derailments that we normally have in the show. Um, I have no one I to play to off this. Well, I'm not going to play into it. I'm I know, I know that's my thing. I have no one to play, no one to play off with. So, I will say this though. I need to. This came in before I didn't see it. Joe Evans uh, did say that uh, the Knicks won, so now he can pay attention to the top guys of the Mark Order podcast. That's a thumbs up statement for the top guys part. That's not a, that's a the Knicks. Part. Yeah, like I got to do one down, one up. Knicks winning is down, but us being the top guys is up. You can give it like a Orange Cassidy because it's like I don't care enough to be up or down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I care, but just not about the Knicks. Yeah, neither do I, to be honest. Um, so, uh, Schlong, let's talk about Rampage from Friday Night. So, Rampage uh, was an interesting show because uh, they wound up uh, doing a buy-in on YouTube, a free buy-in uh, for uh, an extra hour, kind of going up against uh, SmackDown, right? So they went up against that second hour of SmackDown with their live buy-in, and then... Um, when we get to Rampage, the first 30 minutes actually went against uh, an extra half hour of WWE programming. I know there are some like rating stuff out there. We're not getting into it because, quite honestly, I-, I don't necessarily care and I didn't look into it. But I will ahead, say Tom. this from I, I don't care about rings. I just because I know what people do care. And in case we have anyone listening to us, my only care about ratings is I want them to be good because it means wrestling stays on my TV. That's all sure. I care about. I want Rampage to be doing well. I want Dynamite to be doing well. Hell, actually, I want, I know it's going to sound crazy. I want WWE to be doing well because the more wrestling generates income, the more TV companies are willing to spend on wrestling. So I want the ratings to be well so that I can see, continue to see great wrestling. Even though I don't watch WWE much anymore, at least if they're making money, then companies will spend on other wrestling places to, so that, that's, if you're ever wondering, like, oh, what's Ryan's opinion on the ratings? I don't think you really care. But if you were, it's I don't give a shit competition wise, except I think it's fun if they're going to do counter programming because it means we're going to see some really cool stuff. But in terms of just like when when AEW Dynamite's popping a million rating or something, it's like great. TNT must be thrilled. They're never get, they're not getting rid of it. Right. Um, no, I agree with that. And uh, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about ratings where you know there's some. Uh, Oh, the WWE is leaking early ratings that aren't necessarily true, and the real ratings come out later. I mean, it's just so, so much drama. I can't stand the drama. I mean, they do. They, they really on the weekends. Apparently, like there's quick fast nationals or some bullshit. I don't know enough about it. Yeah, but apparently on the there's weekend, like an overnight. They, but it's not accurate because of the way the weekend ratings right. are calculated, and they do leak it again. I will always say this. I don't believe in taking sides in a company argument because neither one of these companies actually give a fuck about me. Um, the day they do, I will take sides of that company. Um, but if you're going to pretend that Tony Khan is the only one playing these games, then you're, you're, you're lying to yourself because Vince has already started trying to play his games with this. He did it in, and this is right out of the playbooks he used in the, the nitro, raw days where he would claim only nitro is doing it but then he would be doing his own stuff sure he, he's 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 much he's very much into painting the picture that he's the innocent victim of these big bad guys except now no one buys it because his company's the biggest pro wrestling company in the world very right sorry aaron um, the companies aren't your friends 
as much as I love what Tony Khan's doing, I'm never going to pretend for a second that he's cares about what I think. Unless he comes and says, Ryan, I care about what you think and you, I'll be like, mm, all right, we're best buddies now. But well, I think, I think in a general statement, he does care what the fans think because they've definitely get like, this is the one kind of, I would call it major company, right? Cause they're, Listen, they're a major company now. They're they're in competition mm-hmm. as much as one place says they're not. Um, uh, they're the one place that, like, where the fans are clearly wanting something. They're they're turning around and actually delivering on it. Oh, one hundred percent. In terms of, I think he cares what the fans think because it makes good business. I don't think he cares what the fans think on a personal level. Well, no, like, I agree with that, yeah, and yeah. and that's my point. Like they don't like, and that's where we're, people are fighting over Tony and Vince. It's like you realize they don't give a shit about who you are, and they <laughs> never will. You're just a number. Yep. So, uh, back to so anyway, the the buy-in that was on YouTube it was three matches. Uh, we don't have to go into everything, obviously, Schlong, but uh, anything we want to call out here. The, the card was uh, Tay Conti with Santana Garrett. Um, uh, or, I'm sorry, not with Santana Garrett. Uh, Tay Conti versus. with Anna Jay versus Santana Garrett. And uh, Tay Conti wound up defeating Santana Garrett. Uh, we also had Bobby Fish versus Lee Moriarty. Um, we'll talk a little bit later in news about Lee Moriarty. Uh, and uh, we also had Brian Danielson uh, and Suzuki. I don't think I mentioned Bobby Fish defeated Lee Moriarty, uh, and Brian Danielson defeated Minoru Suzuki. Um, listen, I thought all three matches were entertaining, uh, but my goodness, uh, that Danielson Suzuki match, if you didn't see it, go to YouTube uh, and watch it because it was. Fantastic. Uh, what did you think of what do you think of the buy-in schlong? Anything you want to talk about? So I mean I won't like you said, we don't need to talk about everything. Um I I will give a, just a couple highlights to each match. Not highlights, but talk, like a quick point on each match. Um Conti's obviously so over, it's ridiculous. People love her and people love Anna J. I, I don't know who who's more over out of the two of them, but together it it really does make me wonder if they shouldn't have just called it. They shouldn't have just done women's tag titles and called them the TBS tag titles or something. Cause you, you have a couple ready-made teams, but that's not the argument. Um, I'm hoping this is means Santana Garrett is signed in some fashion. I don't think she's ever going to be like the leader in the division, but they really do need to start filling out the division with a bunch of different wrestlers who can show up and, be entertaining and this was a pretty entertaining match uh bobby fish for Lee moriarty is if it wasn't for what the main event was would be the, the match everyone's talking about but unfortunately he got uh yeah you know i shown but it's actually kind of funny to think about like the two to two guys you have one young guy and one older guy and both have still so much to bring to this company and it's such a good match but everyone, for the rightful reason, is talking about you know the American Dragon versus, um, mur- what they're calling Murder Grandpa, uh, because Jesus Christ, such a good story. But this is the story of that could not, and I'm, this is not an insult to, to WWE. It's really not. It's a story that they could not tell with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, 
because he wasn't the same character. Daniel Bryan yep. couldn't have had this match because he was the underdog, the size. This was a guy who's just as violent, just as aggressive, just as mean, giving it back. It, it was an amazing. I thought, oh, they don't need to really introduce you to Brian Danielson. You've seen how aggressive he is in his last two matches. I actually think this was really the introduction of, like, this is who he is now. He is a sadistic motherfucker of a wrestler who's not Mr. Cheer for me because I'm the small guy. It's, you know, it's I'm the, you know, I'm the best in the world at this. You, You better, you better love me. And I just... I can't believe, and I will. I'm sorry I got distracted. I was trying to because I wanted to bring this up right now on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to find the views for the the um the buy-in, the buy-in because it was something insane for them. They were at like they they definitely broke a million, and I just want to see by how much. Yeah, no, I think when it aired, it was <clears throat> it they're wasn't at, doing anything at a million. crazy. No, they had 90,000 live at one point. You're right, they did, but it wasn't like something... That is a lot. I shouldn't say that's not something crazy, but like it wasn't something crazy like hundreds of thousands uh, of people tuned in live. But I think, you know, you knew people would come find it after the fact. So, you know... Go ahead. A million on an hour show is pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, even if they're just watching the one match... Uh, you know, that's still good. I mean, a million views is very good. Um, so that's awesome. I, I do want to say, um, Joe Evans says, uh, the American dragon versus murder grandpa left him needing uh, a smoke and he don't smoke. Uh, that's how good it was. Aaron Cotter also wants you to know, Ryan, that you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. That's who this, uh, American dragon is. Uh, and it's such a great, it's such a great character. It's, it is a, a complete different mindset of the person he was, the character he was in, in the Federation. And I loved Daniel Bryan, so that's not an insult to this character. I think it's a compliment to the wrestler that he can be such a tra- so different by just doing a couple subtle changes, and it, you just look at him completely differently. Like, yeah, no, you're right. Love it. So that was he, it, he's guy. Been... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go. You go for it. No, I, the only thing I was going to say was, you know, he's had such a great showing. I mean, to that point, and don't forget, he wrestled on Dynamite the next night. He wrestled Bobby Fish the next night. So, I mean, he's had some really good show. I mean, another one of these guys who could just come into the company and you'd think, like, maybe he's got to kind of slow roll his way in, right? Or maybe he'll have a couple kind of clunkers and then, you know, he'll find his stride. Uh No. Uh, he's had fantastic matches from day one, and his first match was Kenny Omega. Like, that's insane. Um, it helped that he wasn't come like you know you because people are obviously comparing him to Punk, and Punk's been a little bit slower of a rollout. It helped. People need to remember, Brian was wrestling for the last couple of years, so he he had his reps in, and I don't I think. But you're right; he completely changed styles, and you wouldn't have known that he completely changed styles. He he just. It's like he's back in, and I didn't. I've only now seen a couple of clips because I went looking for him. But it's like he's back in ROH before he signed with with the Federation. Like he's now, he, oh, like you would never knew he left. He's that at that level, except he's just older, and now he plays the experienced vet instead of like the the young guy. 
Yeah, I mean, Joe Evans says it perfectly. He went from plucky underdog, technical wrestler, back to a strong style, give zero fucks wrestler. I mean, that's exactly it. <laughs> There's, that's the way it is. I mean, and it's fantastic to see that he's, he can do that. Um, so the buy-in was great, and it went straight into the live show on uh, TNT. Um, it actually opened with, uh, it was announced that the first match of the night would be Matt Seidel versus CM Punk. And, um, uh, it was going to be commercial free. So this whole first match, uh, on, uh, TNT was commercial free. Um, and, uh, I thought it was pretty fantastic. CM Punk wound up defeating Matt Seidel, but, you know, in the, in the kind of lead up to this, they did let you know that they had a, they had a background, right? An independent kind of circuit background, both coming up in the same places. So it, they kind of helped give some background here and make it feel like it was, you know, there was more going on and, and there was, you know, they, they had a little bit of history and Matt Seidel's, you know, has a good record. Punk's clearly got a good record and now, uh, they had to face off, but Punk defeats Matt Seidel. They end with a, a handshake after the match. I thought it was a great opener. Um, anything you want to mention about the opener, Shlong? Not a lot. I just think Punk's been telling one consistent story that I, and I don't think it's by accident or it's going to wear thin because I think he's telling a long-term story, which is this is him coming back. So he has to struggle in these matches. And eventually you're going to see him come out and kick somebody's ass. And then that's going to be like when this, the uh, switch flips. And he gets into his like his real feuds and his real, and it might be that he comes and gets his ass kicked by someone first, and then he has to, you know, that's wakes him up. I don't know what it is, but clearly the story they're telling right now is he's easing himself back in and he's getting his butt kicked while doing it, but he's managing to win. Yeah, for sure. And and at one point in that match too, like you could see like Seidel was just like three levels kind of quicker than Punk was right now. And, and you know, I think that was part of them playing this story about Punk still kind of getting his feet underneath him. But the look on Punk's face at one point was almost like, slow the fuck down. <laughs> like, yeah. holy shit. Um, Matt Seidel can move. Uh, it was a really fun, entertaining match, if you ask me. Uh, so definitely check it out. Um, we have the Dark Order backstage challenging the Young Bucks and Adam Cole to a match. Uh, they want to try to help uh, Hangman Page in his future battles uh, with uh, Kenny Omega and the Elite. So eventually uh, we're going to get that. Uh, the second match we got was Ruby Soho versus the Bunny. Um, I think, well, Ruby Soho defeated the Bunny. So they, they kept talking about how there were implications here for the uh, women's uh, TBS tournament. Um, but Schlong, do you have any guess what my favorite part of this was? Honestly, no. I'm I'm blanking, and I know I should know. Schlong. It was Taz singing Ruby Soho's theme. Oh, how did I forget that he sung her theme? I, he's sung so much recently that it's all, and I love it. I mean, it's what makes him great on commentary, that this guy who can go explain something super technical and be an asshole the next minute is singing Jungle Boy's theme or Ruby Soho's theme. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um <laughs> It's just uh, every time Taz does stuff like that, it makes me laugh because his character was so opposite goofy that uh, when he does this sort of goofy, just normal, random, funny stuff, it's just so entertaining. Uh, after the match, too, Penelope Ford ran out uh, they, and ambushed Ruby Soho. Uh, they knock her out with the brass knuckles. Uh, so the brass knucks are back in full effect. Uh, and... Um, 
we find out that uh, next week on Rampage, we're going to get Andrade versus Pac 2. Um, so I can't wait for that. Um, that'll be a lot of fun on uh, Friday night. Uh, and then uh, we get an interview backstage between the Inner Circle and American Top Team. Uh, and then uh, we get our intros uh, where everybody's singing along to Judas. Um, you know, Dan Lambert uh, comes out. He starts yelling at the fans for singing the wrong theme song. He tells, uh, he tells everybody that they're crap. And everybody starts actually chanting, shut the fuck up, which was very audible. On television. Um, but uh, what I found interesting about this match, and by the way, men of the year and Junior Dos Santos defeated the inner circle um, during this match. Uh, Schlong, I'm going to have to say, um, I think I might have been wrong here. Junior Dos Santos wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. I think he actually held his own in the ring. There were a couple, you know, a couple things where. I think he was throwing punches that looked a little light. You know, maybe he was afraid to really kind of look like he was laying them in and hurt somebody. But I think for the most part, for a first time, Junior Dos Santos didn't look terrible. And he actually went through a table. Uh, so, um, I don't know. I didn't necessarily have a huge problem with this match. Um, but after the match, you know, we get uh, Gang Warfare, uh, American Top Team. Excuse me, American Top Team comes down. Uh, Paige Van Sant, Van Sant is there. Uh, we also get, sorry, I almost forgot, uh, during this match, um, uh, Jorge Masvidal uh, actually KOs Jericho again with the running knee. That's how the inner circle loses. So Masvidal is involved again. Uh, but after the match, when everybody is entering the ring and, and trying to continue a beatdown, Santana and Ortiz come out to make the save. Um, and we now kind of have a uh, an inner circle all back together in one ring for the first time in quite a while. Uh, so that's kind of how the show ended. Um, Schlong, I'm interested in seeing what you thought of this this main event. You know, again, we had a lot of UFC guys, a lot of MMA guys involved here. It was the first, you know, kind of showing for Dos Santos. Um, Paige Van Zant seems to be a fucking star when it comes to this stuff. Uh, just being the one to kind of get involved and distract a referee. Um, what do you think of this? So I'm kind of all over the place because my biggest problem is just who's teamed up with American Top Team in the sense of like, again, I don't think Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page need a mouthpiece. However, I love them, and this is a very big storyline within AEW, so I love that they're being featured within a huge storyline. Kind of like how Santana and Ortiz... Yes, they're not this. I'd rather see them going for the tag titles, but if they're not ready for that yet, in terms of to have the Lucha Brothers lose, at least it's keeping Santa and Ortiz, Santana and Ortiz on my screen in a major storyline. It clearly shows they trust them. Same with the men of the year. Like they need, it actually shows a ton of faith in men of the year that they're putting them with the guys, the, the, the American top team guys, because men of the year are going to have to carry the brunt of that match for their. For their style, Sammy looked great. He had that awesome moonsault off the, the the ropes, where he got tons of height. Um, you're right. Dos Santos looked much better than expected. I don't know what the plan with Masvidal is because I'm pretty sure he's still fighting. So yeah, he he's actually booked. I think I mentioned it last week. I don't have the exact date, but he's booked in a December UFC title match. Um, 
I'm sorry, title fight, um, because it's an actual fight. Um, So I don't know how much more involved he's going to be, because you would think that Dana White's going to be like, none of this bullshit while you're training for a pay-per-view title title fight. And Dana's not one to be like, okay, now, yeah, go pull it. Like, I'm willing to risk my stuff for your stuff. He's not. So that that's I I think Masvidal has looked the best out of the men in this and he's the one who can do the least because he's actually still fighting. You were dead on with Paige Van Zant being a star. I I want to know can she wrestle? Um has she been training at all because she obviously was she wasn't good in the UFC, but she was good enough to get to the UFC, so she's a high-level competitor. So I think she'd be able to, and she's young enough, she could be able to transition over pretty easily. She, I would be trying to sign her for this for this company. I mean, I think she could be a star. You know, she's got the looks, the talking, the attitude. I mean, she is. She built herself up on the UFC by her personality, not her skills. So she's going to be able to carry things. I think if I get why they're doing this angle, it's great public like AEW does have to do some things that are purely business decisions and not wrestling this is good publicity because anytime you get outside stars involved they do get coverage they wouldn't normally get especially with masvidal going for a ufc title fight it's gonna get AEW coverage because you know some of the you know scorpio sky and ethan page are probably going to be there if the storyline's carrying on but one way or another this is all tied together but the best thing that could come out of this is if they can get Paige Van Sant in the training and then bring her to AEW because she's going to be a star. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Paige Van Sant coming up when we get to Dynamite. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you on just about everything. I think that I don't know what's going on with Paige Van Zandt, um, you know, if she's training or anything like that, but she's got enough of it, I guess. Uh, like, you know, uh, charisma and stuff like that. And her whole, um, you know, her energy is just perfect for what they kind of need. She she could be that kind of shitty heater uh, to get involved uh, and not do anything else. But if she can actually wrestle and, you know, Joe Evans is saying, get her in the Nightmare Factory for training. I, I would agree. If they can get her any kind of training um, to get involved, I think it might be beneficial. But I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what her status is, like if she's training or had been training, or if this is just kind of a passing interest, something they're getting her involved with. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And this will this will carry on. We're, we'll talk about Dynamite. This does carry on a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought, listen, Friday night, a live Rampage. They hadn't done a live one in, in a little bit now. So it was nice to have it back live on, uh, on a Friday night. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good show for an hour of live television late on a Friday. Um, I was very entertained. I love rampage on Fridays. I know people are like, Oh, you got to get it off of Fridays. Cause it's the ratings have consistently gone down because you know, it started with the high with punk. It was never going to be doing millions every week. I think the 500 number is a nice would be considered a good number for five. Like, I think it would even be on the high side. I think for a Friday at 10 spot. Um, but at the same point, it's Friday at 10. Like I got no other wrestling on, leave it on, you know, if anything, give me if you want to give give me a Saturday show, give me a Saturday show. I think they have the talent to give you enough shows, but I I don't take I I mean don't take it away from me. I got nothing else at Friday at ten unless I'm out doing something, but even still then I can DVR it. Yeah. I mean it's 
it's a nice show to have on DVR too, because you can get through an hour of programming pretty quick. And the three matches that they book are generally pretty good. I mean, there've been a couple in there that we haven't been super impressed with, but I thought this Friday night was pretty strong. So um, it's all leading into the Saturday night dynamite that we're going to talk about here in a moment. But Shlong, I think we should step aside and take a break for a minute. Um, because, you know, we're part of the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, we know the Shining Wizards are part of the Shining Wizards Network. So, uh, Matt. Wait, real quick. Just because yeah, yeah. I agree completely with this comment, Aaron's com- Aaron Cottage comment of I'm too old to be on a Friday night's leave it. I don't want to say I'm too old. I just am not cool enough to be on a Friday nights most of the time anymore. So let's leave it. Sorry. Oh, I had to agree with it. You're plenty cool, Schlong. Um, so anyway. Uh, you know, if you know about us, you probably know about the Shining Wizards. You know, it's their network. Uh, uh, but Matt is also part of the Monday Night Show. But there is a lot of other programming on, and you should definitely check it out. So here, uh, here are a couple words from some of the other programs that are part of the, the uh, Shining Wizards network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb, and every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnBubbleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. 
Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network. And join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? All right. We're back here on the Mark Order podcast. Uh, you got the two live crew, Schlong and Ant Money here. Uh, we uh, before we move on, we want to uh, uh, just uh, say thanks to everybody. We don't have the Patreon like some of our other pals at the Shining Wizards, but uh, we do want to thank people who've reached out to us. We got these pretty cool stickers here uh, that are free. Uh, all you got to do is reach out to us. Uh, on our social media and uh, let us know where you want us to send them and we'll send them right out to you. So I want to thank right now Roland, uh, the Mott Spock and Faith, David, Chris Butt, Kyle, Matt, Matt Jarvis, uh, Berg, Cassidy Haynes, uh, Joe Walsh, uh, Mike, uh, Joe Evans, and the Dirty Heels podcast. Those dudes hit us up and said we'd love some stickers. So we said absolutely we will send them out. So we're glad uh, everybody's gotten some stickers and gotten some fun stuff. Uh, as I said, if you would like some, just hit us up on our social at Mark Order Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just hit us up with a DM. Tell us uh, where we can send them, your name and address, and we'll get them out as soon as possible. Um, Shlong, I think it's time we talk about Dynamite. Uh, so uh, Dynamite uh, was Saturday night this past week. It's going to be Saturday night this upcoming week. So we're going to get, again, uh, Friday Night Rampage. And uh, we're going to get Saturday Night uh, Dynamite this upcoming week. We'll talk about those cards uh, momentarily. But, uh, man, Saturday Night Dynamite had a lot. Let's get into it. Um, CM Punk joined commentary for the show. Uh, so he came out first thing uh, to a, a large pop, as he usually does. Then our first match of the night was Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. Let me tell you, Schlong, I thought that this might have been a really quick squash match. It was not. This was a really entertaining, fun match. And I don't know why we, we would have thought anything else, because Dante Martin is fucking awesome, and Malachi Black is fucking awesome. Uh, and this was just a fantastic match. Um, Malachi Black winds up winning by pinfall, uh, with the Black Mass. 
Uh, but there was a lot of action in this. And actually, uh, at the end of the match, uh, Malachi Black is walking up the ramp. He stops. I thought maybe he was going to go back and, you know, destroy Dante Martin. He actually gives a little nod of approval, which I think is a nice thing to do for uh, for the kid. Uh, so I was into this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. Malachi is just so, the whole thing is so cool. Um, and again, it's one of these situations where you kind of take a step back, Schlong, and it's like, does Malachi Black have to work with Dante Martin? Probably not. He could probably work with whoever he wants. But it's awesome that these guys are working with this young talent in these kind of high-profile, you know, kind of places, right? I mean, this match was awesome. And Dante Martin, I think, is continuing to show you that you can put me in there with anybody and I'll have a match. This was an amazing match. It's um, You're right on, on Malachi Black. He's showing that, hey, um, I'm going to be a fun guy to watch because I can have good matches with fun wrestlers. Dante Martin is incredible. He's going to be... He's already a semi-star, but he's going to be a star now. I don't know where it falls on to... We'll talk about, about it a little bit later, the stuff that goes on his story, but they are clearly invested in him. Um, he's got a story. It's it's very interesting. So between this and the... Uh, the, the between the story and then the match, just awesome, and that head nod. It's subtle stuff like that I always enjoy where... They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to give the head nod, but it 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 emphasizes who how good Dante Martin is because even Malachi Black, the evil House of Black, has to acknowledge that this kid has something special, and it doesn't hurt Malachi Black at all to give it. So it's a win win in every situation. I I loved this match. I mean, I think this is this is what makes Dynamite great is that they start off with this match. Yeah, and. It is worth mentioning too. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Like, you know, where, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot on the status of Darius, uh, Dante's brother, uh, who's been out with an injury. Um, they did make sure to mention at the start of this match, somewhere at, at the start, that he'll be back soon. Uh, so he's on the mend. He's coming back. I think he had knee surgery in the spring. So, um, you know, maybe 10 to. 10 to 12 months could be something like that if it was like an ACL injury, right? So I don't know. Maybe he's going to be a little sooner than 10 months. You've seen We've seen him on TV once or twice, I think, like at ringside. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes back. And as you said, we're going to touch on Dante Martin again uh, coming up. But, uh, boy, just so much fun to see how they're developing Dante Martin. He's He's a star, man. He's he's an absolute star, and uh, and I'm excited to see much like other wrestlers like Daniel Garcia, like where they're going to go with these guys in the future. But man, the future's bright with some of this young talent they've got. Um, future's awesome. Yeah, looks really good. Uh, Jurassic Express gets interviewed backstage. Jungle Boy says the whole team is banged up, and Christian is at home with neck issues. Uh, but they're and they're lucky Luchasaurus can walk. Uh, and then Adam Cole and Kenny Omega roll up uh, while uh, to distract them while the Young Bucks uh, lay Jurassic Express out with super kicks. And then they actually get the powerbomb right on uh, on Luchasaurus this week, and they put him through a table. Uh, that was kind of fun because they also uh, were talking about that on BTE 
uh, last week. Or, uh, yeah, they were talking about it on BTE the the previous week. Yeah. Uh, so very fun. Um, we'll talk about Jungle Boy coming up in a little bit. Uh, but Ryan, we also get the Inner Circle to make their entrance to the ring. Uh, and they're kind of reunited, right? This is the first time now that we've had them all together in one place as the inner circle unit uh, in quite some time when you kind of sit back and think about it because Santana and Ortiz have been doing their thing. Sammy had been doing his thing with the TNT title and, you know, the vlog crew. Um, Hager's been with Jericho. So now they're all back together. And Santana gets on the mic and uh, greets Miami, thanking them for the energy. But then... Of course, Dan Lambert, an American top team with men of the year, have to interrupt. And Lambert demands respect, to which Jericho just calls him a fat-faced dipshit yet again. Um, and then Jericho asks Paige Van Sant if she's obsessed with him uh, and going to slide into his DMs, but he wouldn't touch her with her husband's genitals. Uh, and then he continues to kind of dig into Paige Van Sant a little bit. Uh, before um, saying that, you know, hey, all all the jokes are done. The inner circle is reunited. Uh, there's no more handicap beatdowns. They're ready to go five on five, and they can choose whoever they want because nobody is crazier than the inner circle. And Lambert says that if he wants, uh, if it was up to him, he'd beat their ass every day of the week and collect easy paychecks. But they have plans that involve championship gold. Everybody gets insulted. Uh, uh, you know, in the inner circle. And, uh, and he points out that Sammy Guevara is the only one with the stroke uh, to make that uh, tag match happen. Uh, but he'll step up and agree to their terms. Uh, or he, will he step up and agree to their terms? Uh, Dan Lambert says it's not going to happen this week. Uh, and he cedes basically the floor to Scorpio Sky, who says that Jericho's brain might be fuzzy from Jorge Masvidal's knee, but he's pinned the GOAT twice. And Sammy Guevara says they'll see him next week, and he's going to kick every one of their asses, and they go to break. So, Shlong, I think it's clear to see where this is going to lead to, right? I think clearly we're going to get uh, American top team, tag team of some sort, versus the inner circle at full gear. But until then, we're going to get some of these other matches, right? So Sammy Guevara is going to have a match, I guess, uh, with somebody next week. Uh, maybe it'll be a tag match. Who knows? But, um, again, we were talking about Paige Van Zandt in the last segment. Um, Jericho really laying heavy into Paige Van Zandt here. Uh, her reactions were fantastic. I think she was out again doing some selfies uh, uh, as they were kind of talking back and forth until her name came up. Uh, but, you know... I while I still kind of don't necessarily love where this is going, if they kind of continue this pace, I think I'm going to be okay with it because this was actually, I, I enjoyed this segment between the two teams. What did you think? So a couple thoughts. One, it's <clears throat> I enjoy seeing the inner circle right now back together, which I didn't think I would say. I know some people thought, well, maybe they should have broken up. So then when they get back together, it's more meaningful there's thoughts that I also don't mind if this is what they do, that they truly come back together for like big things like this. And then they go their own ways to do some other stuff. And the, cause that's not the end of the world to be like Santana and Ortiz go and do their own shit. And then when they're needed, they come back. That's a, that's a, that's I'm fine with that. Right. Um, in terms of 
giving me individual matches or tag matches till you get the five and five. I like that. I think that's one of the great things about stables is that you can have a bunch of matches with a bunch of wrestlers involved that it doesn't get stale because you should be always be doing something fresh. Like you shouldn't have Sammy go against every guy in, in top team. It should be Sammy versus Scorpio sky. And then it should be, you know, Hager versus Ethan page or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like as long as you keep right. them separate, Paige Van Zandt thing, I know Jericho got some heat for it online. I think you have to at least acknowledge that some people weren't thrilled that it was more of like his 01 Jericho, I'd say, than like, I don't mind it because she's a, she's able to go and kick his ass. Like she's laid punches in, she's kicked ass. I think right. that that humor, I don't think that humor works if they're uh, portrayed as like a weak, can't help defend themselves person. But I think once you're you're brought to that level, all things are fair game because it's just a joke. Um, she's like I said, we said it before. She's a star. I this has as much as I don't like who they're with. The storyline is growing on me. Lambert gets a shit ton of heat. The um, if it's giving me going to give me any variation of Sammy versus either Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky, I'm on board because they are awesome. So and again, it keeps the Santana and Ortiz in a um prominent role while keeping them away from the titles because clearly they're not i want them to take the titles from the lucia brothers and if they're not ready to give them up yet then that's fine keep them in a prominent role and then when their lucha brothers are ready to lose you go send santana and ortiz uh, or if it's not the lucha brothers whoever you want santana and ortiz to take them from but i i'm okay with this i'm it's not my favorite it's i will say from i will always say i think they misused dan lambert in terms of who they gave him I think they should have put him to someone who can't talk. But overall, the storyline isn't awful. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And I think as far as um, the heat Jericho got from some people online this week, I, I think I'm kind of with you. The fact that Paige Van Zant has been in there hitting them, like right in in on the beatdowns, um, you know, getting involved is kind of why. I, not that I didn't mind it, but like, it kind of made sense to me, right? Like why, you know, he'd make those types of comments. Um, but you're right. It is very throwback, like, Oh, one, you know, Jericho, um, which we haven't really seen for a little while. So it'll be interesting to see where this kind of goes, but I, I'm pretty sure we're leading to full gear. There's, there's no other places could be leading to besides something happening at full gear. Um, all right, moving on. Schlong, the big, big surprise of the night. Uh, we have our tag match, the AAA World Tag Team Championships being defended, uh, the Lucha Brothers versus the surprise team from Andrade El Idolo. It winds up being Las Super Ranas. I believe that is the Super Frogs. Uh, so Super Rana 1 and Super Rana 2, I'm sorry, Maybe it should be Super Rana Uno and Super Rana Dos uh, come to the ring in their green uh, jumpsuits with their green masks. And we get into the match. And um, right at the start, uh, you know, Ray is trying to get the mask off of one of the Ranas. Uh, and then Penta kind of joins in to get the mask off of the other Rana. And eventually, they do get those masks off at the same time. And we see... <gasps> It's FTR. Isn't it amazing? 
we couldn't see it through their body shapes or their eyes <laughs> uh, or commentary even just flat out saying it's FDR. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, you know, cutting to the finish of this, Schlong, a little surprise for me, FTR wins by pinfall um, uh, on Ray Phoenix, and they're your new AAA World Tag Team Champions. Did you see this? Well, two things here, Schlong, because I did not see this being uh, the Super Frogs or FTR for these belts, and I didn't think that... FTR would take the triple A championships. Um, was this a little bit of a surprise to you? I, I didn't see FTR at all coming. I honestly thought they'd be some outside team that I didn't know and was going to have to like text Matt and be like, Matt, who the hell is this? Cause I don't know them. Um, I like that CM Punk was like, guys, it's FTR. Stop. It's FTR. I hate being treated like an idiot. And it was so obvious who they were that, like, it didn't ruin it for me, especially because they took the masks off within, like, the first two minutes of the match. Had they gone the entire match and then took them off, I'd be like, all right, what are we doing here? But it was never – the story was never who are these guys. They they revealed that pretty quickly. I think it's genius to have them win the AAA belts. One, they're going to be – I don't know much about AAA, but the people I follow that do – seem to believe that they're going to be really over down there because they're like almost anti-lucha. So it's like going down his heels. Oh boy. They're going to have a fire match. And it's while it's not a W tag tag team gold, it's tag team gold around FTR to show like, Hey, we still are top guys. We still are, you know, the, the best. And it's an interesting wrinkle in the, the Lucha Brothers story because they just lost some belts and even though they have the AEW ones, which are supposed, you know, on AEW TV, the, the better belts, but overall, they didn't want to lose any. So that there's to see where they go there. And it makes Andrade very interesting, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with you with you on you know, kind of seeing what happens to the Lucha Brothers. They noted too. Now I don't remember the exact length of time. They said it or it was on the card when they came out. I think they held those titles for over two years in triple a, um, a very, very long time. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with FTR this whole, and we'll talk about kind of this, uh, FTR and Andrade thing uh, in, in a little bit here in the rundown. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, we should also mention too, it's important to note Schlong that FTR won, but there was interference with Tully Blanchard and FTR won dirty. They had to hit a belt shot on Phoenix, uh, and then they hit that uh, vertical brain buster, um, you know, to to get the pin. So it was a dirty win. Um, and I also thought it was fantastic that Tully came out in a matching uh, matching colors, right? The green shirt and the black black suit. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where this shakes out. We'll touch again on this in a little bit here. But we also get um, we also get uh, some backstage segments. With Hold Leo on, Rush and Dunn. Is this true? Is this still less interference than a normal AAA match? Uh, Aaron, I don't know. Uh, I'll take your word for it because I really only have seen AAA like a handful of times and it's been for like one or two matches. Uh, the most distracting thing about AAA for me is that every time the ads change on the big boards, they seem to cut away and show the actual boards. Um, so it's really fucking weird. Um, 
Anyway, after this match, we do get a backstage segment with Leo Rush and Dante Martin getting interviewed. And Leo says that tonight was meant to happen. Growing pains and all that, um, you know, is, is failure that you need to succeed. But, uh, but Dante knows that, and if he listens to Leo Rush, everything is going to be money. From now on, Dante is a new tag team partner, and his name is Leo Rush. And uh, a somewhat surprised Dante Martin fist bumps, and we go to break. Uh, Schlong, this pairing of Leo Rush and uh, Dante Martin. Now, you know, before we saw, uh, you know, we didn't see Leo Rush in AEW ring. We got to see him live on Sunday, though, in New Japan. So now that you've seen him a little bit, you know, live in person and in the ring, this pairing with Dante Martin has to have you a little bit excited now. I'm very intrigued by this whole storyline. I mean, Leo Rush is amazing in the ring. He's an amazing talker. I know people get are down on him because of his retirement and, and then coming back, and I get that. Um, listening to Kate's boss, Sean, and I have to acknowledge him, who's got a lot of sources within AEW and WWE, they all say he's a very different person now. So that could explain retiring and coming back, being like, you had to get your head on straight, come back, and now you're, you know, you're trying to do things right. And besides that, he's just an amazing talent. You can't deny that. Dante wasn't exactly enthusiastic in that fist bump. It was kind of like, okay. And then Darius tweeted like a, like a little looking emoji is like, this is interesting. So I am very curious where they're going with this. My hope is that Leo's kind of a dick to Dante. Darius comes back and saves him. And then Leo either recruits one other person or recruits a whole other team to come after, you know, top flight. Cause then you get a real fun feud going on. So, yeah. And I think we've talked about the possibility maybe of like private party breaking off the Hardy family office, uh, uh, you know, um, could be cool to see Leo and private party together. The matches that private party could have with top flight, you know, would be awesome. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but yeah, I mean, if we're going to get to see for a little while, Leo rush and Dante Martin, I mean, they're bound to have some really killer matches. So stay tuned on that. More to come. Um, so they go to break and come back, Schlong, and Shivani is trying to cut off Andrade El Idolo backstage um, as they leave the, re- the arena. He's actually with FTR with those AAA titles. But MJF rolls up, and Max uh, asks if uh, Andrade is paying cash or check. And Andrade says both and hands him a full envelope, or maybe he asks what he'd like, and MJF says both. Either way, MJF gets paid and reminds uh, Andrade that it's a one-night deal, and he takes his money and runs. So, Schlong, again, we, we're kind of unsure of what's going on here. There seemed to be some deal between uh, the two groups, right, Andrade and uh, and the Pinnacle here. Um Maybe at some point we get Andrade and MJF because MJF's probably going to be a dick uh, to Andrade. Uh, something tells me he's going to really be a dick. Um, Not MJF. I mean, something tells me. The guy who says he's one of the four pillars of AEW um, kind of leads me to think that there's going to be an issue here at some point between the two of them, which could be fun. But, Shlong, any idea what's going on here? 
No idea. I love it. MJF seemed like, I don't know if they were doing this intentionally for the character or if it actually is just a throwaway. He seemed legitimately excited for FTR in terms of character. His character seemed legitimately happy. And I like that. Um, but I love this wrinkle to Andrade where he went out and hired an outside team to fuck over the Lucha brothers. I just, that's such an interesting character thing for the character. He's playing it like this almost Godfather like figure and this, this, I'm a businessman and I get shit done and he comes, but not in the same way that Leo's saying it, not in the same way that Matt Hardy's saying it in a more mobster style way. And what does he do? He goes out and hires basically two assassins. He goes out and hires another tag team to come do it. I, such an interesting character development. I, I'm hoping that plays in long term where he just keeps making deals to get shit done and take out his opponents. Cause I, I think that's how he could separate himself from a lot of other. I mean, he's so good in the ring, but he's going to need some personality thing to get him really into like main event level. Maybe not the main event, but up to that level. And being the, the mobster of AEW, the gangster of ACW would be awesome. Yeah, that could be really awesome. And and I don't know why, Shlong, it just hit my brain. <clears throat> Let's not forget, too, that uh, there's the death triangle, right? So this could be this could all be a move just to needle Pac, uh, and and basically say you know I got my guys who can take care of your guys it doesn't matter I have the money to kind of take you guys out at will so um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this shakes out I'm with you though if Andrade can sort of be like this you know mafioso of AEW that would be pretty cool but not um, Tony D'Angelo NXT mafioso everyone just so we're clear no. No, 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 no. My apologies. I should never have said that. Um, next up, we get a John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta, and unfortunately for Wheeler, this is a very fast, very, very fast uh, squash match. John Moxley wins with the paradigm shift, uh, and uh, post match, uh, we have a ringside doctor and uh, Orange Cassidy coming to check on Wheeler Yuta, who looks to be in a lot of pain. Doesn't necessarily have the number of the bus that hit him um but i'll say this schlong he was looking better on sunday at new japan look real good on sunday that's right uh so schlong i don't know if you have anything you want to necessarily say about this match i think this is you know this is a very pissed off john moxley who's very upset uh that uh he didn't get his shot at the title uh and uh he's kind of still trying to figure out a way back to the top they're clearly setting Moxley to be, I don't want to say heel, I would say heel turn. I don't think he necessarily needs a heel turn. I think they're setting him up to be in a more aggressive Mox. But there's also a side story here where they're setting him up because it's pretty obvious I think Orange Cassidy's going to get to the second round. And Orange Cassidy's Wheeler Utes's, you know, mentor. So they're trying to give a little bit of a story to that second round matchup. So I'm I'm excited. To, it's It doesn't hurt you to, to lose to Moxley, especially if they're building Moxley up. So I'm, I like that they're trying to at least give a story to some round of this, of this tournament. So that's all we need to say about it. Yep. I agree. Um, we get Serena Deeb interviewed backstage long Deeb looking, looking good talking about, um, you know, it only being a matter of time before she's back. Uh, she was coming back to drag the women's division back to greatness, but then she gets attacked by, 
I'm sorry, I'm trying to read this name. Hikaru, Hikaru Shida. Well, I know um, you're a big fan because you have a shirt, so I don't know if you should pretend you don't know who she is. Oh, that's the same person. Yes. Oh, I didn't put two and two together. Um, and so then they brawl. Uh, Shida uh, attacks Steve, and then they brawl against uh, Freight Door, and they get pulled apart by uh, basically all the referees. Uh, so clearly, again, I think we're kind of lining up some stories for this uh, TBS title. Um, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily have anything else to say, but I love this heel deep character. Love the heel deep character. I think it's desperately needed in the division um, because she's so good in the ring. Uh, I actually like what they're doing with Sh- with uh, Sheeta. If this is going to be a more aggressive Sheeta, because I think that's a personality she could work. I also Joe beat me to it, so I have to give him credit. Punk's line about Deep, Deep having a good hair, head of hair was gold. Um, since they're not going to acknowledge it any other way, give me that line. But this this is great. This is a feud I'm okay with. Um, I like – we're going to mention another one in a few minutes, but we now have like four women's feuds I can legitimately think of, and that's maybe the first time in company history I can think of that. Actually, maybe even five. So I'm very excited for this. Yeah, they are doing a good job with that TBS title tournament of kind of lining stories up, um, and they're continuing to work those stories. So that gives some hope. You know, it's it's hope. It's kind of like a tempered optimism, I think. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, this, this could be good. Uh, so we mentioned it on Rampage that Dark Order threw down the gauntlet to the Super Click, and they had their match on Saturday night. Uh, it was Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver representing the Dark Order versus the Super Click, Adam Cole, Bebe, and the Young Bucks. Um, again, cutting to the end of this match, Schlong, the Super Click wins by pinfall with the last shot from Alex Cole on uh, Adam Cole, I'm sorry, on Alex Reynolds. Um, and then post match, Jungle Boy runs down to attack Cole, uh, and uh, uh, he is uh, kind of, you know, trying to lay it in on the super click. He goes out to grab a chair, and he comes back, and uh, and poor, poor, poor <laughs> Brandon Cutler is trying to hit him with a cold spray, but um, Jungle Boy is able to block it, hits Brandon Cutler with the, with the chair, uh, and then is able to get the uh, snare trap on him while he's spraying cold spray in Cutler's eyes. Uh, unfortunately for Cutler, the rest of the elite uh, run off and leave him to his own uh, devices. Uh, so, Schlong, what do you think of the match and the post-match here? Match was good. I think when you have this this level of competitors, you're only going to have a good match. I like. I have a feeling at some point in time, the Dark Order is going to get their win over the, the Super Click or the Super Elite or whatever, and it's going to be a huge thing. I like that they're kind of now they're not just forgetting the hangman with them story. Obviously they didn't forget the hangman story, but the hangman with them, I think that's great. Um, it's all about the budge. Um, but uh, I love what Brandon Cutler has become. He's an at, he's like a 1960s, 70s TV cartoon, evil villain who just is, gets fucked up every time. And I love it. He's, it is, so funny to me. I, I I can't get enough of it. And he's a great 
addition to this crew because they need someone to get beat up. And he just, he makes it worth your while. And and like the little touches he does, like with the spray to keep it spraying and stuff. It's just so good. I, I, I'm a big fan and I will also agree. If you're watching BTE, the continuity between the dark order guys and Cole was great because they they mentioned the kiss they mentioned they reference the names it's just it's if you don't watch bte you won't miss it but if you do it, it it's a nice little touch it's what i always appreciate about them and also if you watch bte there's moments where cole is not cole uh cutler's working the camera during a match and he makes sure to provide some pretty funny ca- commentary or like he's yelling to warn guys and stuff. So it's a good time if you have a chance to watch it. But otherwise, great match. I mean, it was what I wanted this match to be. Yeah, a ton of fun between these two teams. And two really good teams, right? Like John Silver, like when he just wastes no movement, right? He just takes everybody out at ringside. Um, Alex Reynolds, I think, also just underratedly good. Um, same thing with Uno. Like we see all these guys tag uh, very often, uh, but they're all such great wrestlers and singles wrestlers too. So, um, you know, good to see the dark orders back together. They're, uh, they're playing nice with each other. So we'll see what happens next between these two groups, but Schlong, now we're into the Rocky, uh, Rocky three moment of the night. We get uh, our video package of Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson rolling up to take a look at the nightmare factory. And when they open the doors, the trainees are there to tell Cody off for being late, for being an arrogant piece of shit. And then we get footage of Rhodes uh, running drills to kind of tighten up his uh, offense, uh, or maybe defense, I don't know. Um, Brock Anderson is able to tag him with a body blow. Lee Johnson gets an uppercut then. There is an enziguri from somebody else. Uh, And, you know, uh, he's getting basically knocked around here. Uh, he's bleeding from the mouth, and Cody asks what uh, what they're doing because he's not learning shit. And then Arn tells him, uh, Arn tells Cody that he's he said he'll never do anything to let the kids down, and does uh, he thinks the uh, you know does he think the kids were let down when Rody uh Rody when Dusty uh, was pulling thirty stitches putting thirty stitches in Arn's head. Um, they weren't because he had it coming. And Malachi Black also has it coming. So again, Shlong, I call this the Rocky three moment of the night because it was very much like when Rocky goes with Apollo to L.A. and they're training in the dirty, dank gyms and they're getting back to basics. The Eye of the Tiger. Um, what did you think of the segment? <laughs> I loved it because it's so cheesy and I just can't help but love the cheesiness of it. Plus, you got to see like Kylan King on TV, and she hasn't been on in a while, so that was nice. But it's so cheesy. Now, what my hope is, is that we think we're getting Rocky three, where like he comes back and kicks Malachi Black's ass, and that you know it's this great story. What I hope is, win or lose, because I could see him winning in the third match, but win or lose, this doesn't result in a Rocky Cody. This results in an evil Cody, where he just fucking snaps. And he becomes something that even Arn didn't see coming, where he's just a true psycho heel. Because that would be that's where I feel like it's going, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Because it, it, to me, if he just comes back and is 
you know, Mr. Good Guy again. As much as I like face Cody, I think it's a waste of the storyline then. But I hope it means he just – I hope he loses, and I just hope he goes crazy. Listen, even if he comes – if even if he makes the turn to the type of heel he was in Ring of Honor – um. You know, I'd take that because he was a really fun heel in Ring of Honor where he was just that cocky Cody Rhodes. Like, and, you know, I think that's kind of what they're trying to knock out of him here. Like, they're saying he's gotten complacent. And I think in the end, maybe Cody's going to do it his way. And maybe he'll get, he'll be that cocky heel uh, and kind of turn on the, the, the family. I don't know. This can go in so many different ways that I'll take that cocky heel Cody. I will take uh, you know, kind of psycho, you know, uh, everything's lost, Cody. Like, I'll take it either way, but I'm with you. He cannot come out of this being, you know, the bubblegum baby face yet again. He just, it, it can't happen. Nope. Uh, all right, Shlong, after this, we get MJF making his way to the ring, uh, which is quite interesting because, you know, we had heard that, you know, the prior week that, you know, MJF and Darby were supposed to get a match, but I'm pretty sure that these masked vigilantes uh, took Darby out. So MJF comes out in his gear, gets on the mic, runs the crowd down, tells Justin Roberts to take off because he hasn't introduced uh, his match properly against Darby Allen. And MJF does his intro, calls Darby out for no showing after the beatdown uh, from, uh, again, the entire masked group last week, which obviously is a pinnacle, uh, and he continues to run Darby down for being mid and says that if people want to see him wrestle Darby tonight, he's going to make it happen, um, and he calls Wardlow down. And Wardlow is uh, with Bryce, Rems uh, Bryce Remsburg, um, and uh, MJF orders Bryce to count to 10 so he can beat Darby Allen by forfeit, and as Bryce starts counting down, the lights go out. And Sting shows up. And, of course, MJF runs away uh, and makes like he's going to come back. He doesn't. Sting actually winds up using the bat on Wardlow. Uh, and that's it. We go to break. Uh, so Darby's not there. Uh, Schlong, I always think it's fun to see MJF in these situations. What do you think about this? Did you like this? I did because MJF comes off like such an asshole, and I just think that's what he's good at. Um I kept I'm kept waiting for Darby to like come out of the tunnel and he didn't and I was actually glad he didn't because it was not what I expected. So I'm fine with this. I want the Darby MJF match. I think like I said, MJF plays such a good healed asshole and you want to see him get hurt and he doesn't because he does things like walk away. And this is for as quick and as pain, you know, uh quick and as almost formulaic as it was, it's still perfect. I I, I really enjoy this. Yeah, I, I I will agree with you that, um, you know, uh, these are the moments I think I've liked, Dar uh, sorry, not Darby, uh, MJF the best because these aren't these long, drawn-out kind of like faction versus faction promos. You know, he's been doing this a little while now where he comes to the ring, basically runs the town down, talks about how great he is, and these are good spots for him. Uh, so I, I also enjoyed this. Um after this, though, we go, um, we get the the hype up for the number one uh, contenders tournament. 
to the AEW World Championship, that Eliminator tournament. Um, and Shivani then tries to interview Anna J backstage, but Britt Baker rolls in, uh, basically talking up the uh, super click uh, for beating Anna J's Dark Order. And uh, Britt calls uh, Anna J a loser and, and uh, a follower for her trouble. And then they start to brawl and it gets broken up. So um, Schlong looks like maybe maybe Anna Jay is going to be next one coming for a title shot. What do you think about that? I'm fairly excited for this. Um, I like that they're not ignoring Britt has the ties to the super click in Adam Cole. Like they're not like saying it overtly in every sentence, but she would clearly rub that in because that's got ties to her. That fucking first shot that Anna J laid in. Jesus Christ. That had a thump to it. Yeah, it's it. Um, but I, I mean, I love again where we have four or five women's stories. This being for the belt. I love it. Anna J is very over. Um, this is this is what I want. I just want women's stories that I can get invested in, even if they're like this won't be a long term one because she's not going to win. But that's okay because there's there's short term TNT titles, and I know the, the women's heavyweight should have a longer term one, but that's a whole other issue. But at least give me so, something to invest in, and this is something I can invest in. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they build this out and where they would uh, wrestle. So we'll see how we get there. Um, after this, we get Kira Hogan versus Penelope Ford. Uh, just cutting to the end of this match quickly. Uh, Schlong Penelope Ford wins by submission with the Muda Lock. Uh, and then post-match, uh, Ruby uh, Soho comes out to attack Penelope Ford. Um, and then uh, she uh, she starts to press the attack, but uh, basically the bunny comes out and makes the save. So clearly this issue with... Uh, Ruby Soho and the Bunny and Penelope is still ongoing. Um, Schlong loves seeing Kira Hogan on TV. What did you think of the match? Love Kira Hogan. Hope she gets the, the graphics sometime soon because she's awesome. Um, match was okay. It started out a little rough, but then it got better as it went on. Um, I think uh, they had a couple little miscommunication spots at the beginning, but I definitely think by the end I was really enjoying it. Um, I think sometimes... They just they get very excited to be out there because again, and this is I'm gonna blame AEW for this. When you haven't been spotlighting on them as much, they try to do so much with the time they're given. I think sometimes it hurts them. But once they slowed down, got into a rhythm, and ended up being a really fun match. Clearly, this is playing into the Ruby Soho story, which it's a little formulaic for the the bunny and the, the um and Penelope Ford, they they lose to Ruby, then they hit her, but the other one attacks her, and then Ruby has to chase him down, and then Ruby gets a tag team partner, and the tag team partner fights with her, which is literally what we just saw with Anna Jay and Tay Conte. Right. So I'm hoping they throw a twist on it. But at the same point, I love seeing Ruby on the TV. I love seeing these two, uh, Tay and, not Tay, uh, the Bunny and Ford on my TV. I love seeing Keir Hogan, so as much as I hate this formulaic, I'm willing to sit through it just because I want all these competitors. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I think they're clearly just lining up a bunch of stories to play out in the TBS tournament, right? Like we're, we have all these issues that they're going to line up and then some are going to be resolved and some are not, you know, they'll make it through the tournament. So, um, yeah, I also just, as I said, I love seeing Kira Hogan on TV. I think she's got a lot of, a lot of talent. Um, and uh, hopefully, as you said, she gets that graphic soon. 
Um, Schlong, we get a new video package from Miro. We haven't seen him since he's lost the title. Um, he's talking to God and says he, he, he knows he can't go home to his wife like this. Um, you know, was God not proud that, uh, you know, was he not proud enough? Did Miro not give enough praise? Um, you know, he's kind of going through all these things and basically says that he's done pleading with God. And now he's telling God, uh, make uh, Miro a champion or make him an enemy. But if you stay silent, Miro's going to snap necks under his foot and everyone will know the pain until he becomes champion and sees her once again. Uh, Schlong, um, Miro may be losing it a little bit uh, since losing his title. Uh, maybe we will get this... Uh, we didn't think maybe we could get a more crazy, violent Miro. Maybe we're going to get another level of crazy out of Miro. Loved this so much. So he just loses. You're like, are they going to, where, where does he go? Are they going to ruin him? Nope. They make him better. This loss makes him a better character. Fucking love this. Body made of granite, neck made of sand. What the fuck? So I'm so curious to see where he goes next. I hope it's not taking the belt back from Sammy. Um, not that I mind it so much because the TNT can flip-flop a little, but I would love Miro to just hone in on someone else and destroy them next and, and try to rebuild his, his himself that way. But I'm I'm interested. This was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I like this too. So I can't wait to see where they go with Miro. Uh, we get Tony Schiavone in the ring to introduce Hangman Adam Page for an interview. Um, and Hangman talks about leaving Ring of Honor in New Japan with the Elite to start AEW. He was excited because he believed that uh, they changed the world, but it feels like the world changed them. Um, Hangman says that uh, it definitely changed him. He told uh, all of us on day one that he'd be the first champion, and he failed. Lost to Jericho, he lost to Pac, and then it felt like he lost to a lot more people. Uh, he lost confidence, he lost friends, and truthfully, lost himself. But one thing he never lost uh, that grew week to week and got louder were the people chanting cowboy shit. And to him, it's very cool. And then he goes on to say cowboy shit like 18 times. <laughs> In this promo, uh, saying that Cowboy Shit was taking his shot day one, winning the tag titles with Kenny, defending them every chance they got, learning to accept the past and let new friends into his life. And Cowboy Shit is taking uh, his chance and putting it on the line to stick his neck out for for uh, his friends. Cowboy Shit was having uh, the balls to turn around in the middle of the hottest run of his career to go home and be there for his beautiful baby boy. That's cowboy shit. Now, Ryan, really quick, I have to ask you, the way he had uh, phrased that statement, uh, I think his son's name is cowboy shit. It has to be. I mean, or at least shit, and he just sees a cowboy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. He said uh, he said his baby boy, that's cowboy shit. So I'm assuming he's saying that, you know, my son, that's cowboy shit. Um, anyway, uh, he said last week he initially put his body on the line to grab the chip and earn uh, a shot for the one thing that's eluded him the whole time. Uh, and that's the thing. When you fall off, you get back on the horse, and that's cowboy shit. Despite all uh, he thinks, we still believe in him. Um, uh, and uh, 
and for the first time in his life, he does too. At full gear, he'll give everything, blood, sweat, and tears. But the one thing he's 100% sure is he'll give us cowboy shit. Schlong, this had to surpass all of the shits they were allowed to use for the next three weeks. He said cowboy shit so much. It was incredible. But this promo, I liked a lot. What did you think about this? So do you remember? You've seen Super Troopers, right? Yes. You remember the game they played with saying meow? Yeah, say it ten times, right? Yeah, I have a feeling someone challenged him before he went out and said, how many times do you think you could say cowboy shit in a promo? And he's like, you know what? We're about to find out. And he just somewhat like, I wish I could have seen Shivani's fingers. He's probably in the corner counting them away. Like one, two. But it was <laughs> It was fucking. I mean, you you followed Nero's this. You have Nero's promo than this. It was two, two definitely different styles of promo, but both just great examples of of what a wrestling promo should be. Not overly long, not overly drawn out, not going too much into detail. Just fucking perfect. Oh god, I'm so excited. Um, I like that he acknowledged the the Mark Order thing. Uh, not the Mark. Where the Mark Order? The Dark Order thing. Um, he acknowledged us. That's right. He did. I like that he acknowledged it and that they had gone out, you know, they put their necks out for him. So he put their, his neck out for them. Like, I do think there's a reconciliation coming there. That's going to be awesome. Um, I like that. He didn't lie about why he went home. I, I think that's a good addition to his character. I think that's a lot, what a lot of people ignore like that. I think to pretend that he took his ball and went home because he lost, I think hurts him to say, I went home because my son was being born. My son, cowboy shit. I think that's a good that really helps his character. I have to acknowledge Joe Evans because he beat me with a better reference, which is a reminder of the South Park episode where they had a counter for each time they use shit. And he's right. That's even better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to say shit on television. Because um, they watched the NYPD blue episode. <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, hey, you got some shit on your shirt. That was saying shit on television. Um, so that was, that was a fantastic promo. We know where it's leading up to, uh, and that it's going to be an awesome match at full gear. Um, Shlong, we get the hype up for the card next week. Uh, but we're, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute here. Main event time, Bobby Fish versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Both of them wrestled on, uh, on Rampage or on Rampage in the buy-in, but both of them wrestled on Friday. They're out here wrestling each other. Um, just cutting to the end of this match, American Dragon wins by submission with a heel hook. So he's showing clearly that he's not a one-trick pony, right? This is the second submission hold I think that he's gotten a win with. Uh, maybe the th yeah the second one. Um, so uh, again, Schlag, we talked about Danielson earlier. Um, what did you think about this match? I thought it was very fun, and I thought that. Both of these guys were were great in the ring together. I mean, you you have two world class wrestlers being allowed to go out and wrestle whatever style they want. It's fucking awesome. Even though I know that a dragon always eats a fish, so I knew the way it was going to end. I, I truly enjoyed the match, and I enjoy what they're doing. Again, I'm not going to reiterate what I said earlier, but I also enjoy the way they're using Bobby Fish. I don't think he's going to be a, a champion in the company. But I think he's going to be a guy that's always wrestling, always on TV. Sometimes he's winning, sometimes he's losing. Kind of like Matt Seidel, where like 
he you're going to be able to put him and have good matches against anyone and you need those guys to really yep. build things out so i am i loved it it was a great main event you know it wasn't you know daniel bryan brian danielson obviously has the the name power bobby fish had the nxt name power but even there he wasn't like the big big guy so you might not have expected this to be a, a main event for dynamite but it was excellent loved it yeah it was a, a really good match i would say definitely go back and check it out if you didn't see it uh always fun to see uh Brian Danielson wrestle in AEW. All of his matches have been fun so far. And the last thing they do, basically, Shalong, is run through, uh, before they go off air, they go through the brackets for the number one contenders tournament um, uh, for the AEW championship. We're going to get Preston, uh, number 10, Vance versus John Moxley, Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Will Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson, and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. Um, I like that bracket. I think we can kind of see with a couple of these early matches, like which way they're probably going to go, but I don't know ultimately where they're going to go with this. Uh, I don't necessarily know who's going to win here. Um, could be Danielson, but I think maybe that's, you know, is it too soon for something like that? Uh, cause he was just kind of working with Kenny. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I was pretty surprised at that bracket, at least for a couple of the names, but I'm okay with it. What do you think? I enjoy the bracket. I like it. Um, I was listening to Kate's, I think, uh, Friday show that she does that I don't know. If, um, and she and Sean were saying that they didn't, they felt like they needed to at least explain some of the people in the bracket. I don't. I think it was Kate's show. It might not have been. It could have been just one of Sean's. But explaining like why is this person used versus this person? Because some of those people don't have the records to justify being in it. But I'm okay. Like that. That shit never really bothers me because you couldn't fill this bracket with all top studs who deserve to be there because you would. They're you'd have to be giving guys losses you're not prepared to give losses to yet and this isn't like to use a new japan reference this isn't like the g1 where it's this huge tournament that's expected to this is they haven't built this tournament up even if this was king of the ring to use a WWE reference where like when king of the ring mattered okay you can have those losses are important i wouldn't be giving losses just like i wouldn't have mjf in this to take a loss because it's just not that important so you had right. to give guys that could take losses in this yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, again, you can kind of see with some of these matches, like, you know, is is 10 going to beat Moxley? Uh, I don't think so, right? Is Dustin Rhodes going to beat Danielson? I don't think so, right? I mean, it's just, I think we kind of know where some of these are going to fall, and there's some stories here that they're working on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Schlong, that was the end of uh, Dynamite. Um, so rolling into next week or this week now, my apologies. Uh, so the Friday night, uh, rampage, uh, there were a couple matches announced for that. Orange Cassidy, uh, versus powerhouse Hobbs in their first round of the world title eliminator tournament. Um, we also have, uh, Britt Baker, uh, and Anna Jay. Uh, in a singles match, so uh, well, maybe that wasn't announced. My apologies, but that's definitely going to happen. Uh, so Britt Baker and Anna Jay, and then 
we know we're getting Pack versus Andrade 2. So we'll see how that shakes out. Maybe we'll get a third one. That's Friday Night Rampage. Uh, and then on Saturday Night Dynamite, there hasn't been a whole lot of announced yet, but something that did come out, uh, I believe actually today, um, uh, or maybe even yesterday, was that uh, the Saturday Night Dynamite, uh, TK said that there's going to be an AEW college, AEW slash college football show, um, you know, kind of as like a, a countdown uh to uh the live dynamite on Saturday. So they're, they're going to be doing something, you know, kind of like earlier uh as a countdown show. Uh and then um the actual show um is going to be Cody versus Malachi Black. Uh and then we're going to get uh two eliminator tournament matches, Brian Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. That's all that's been announced so far. So should be some good shows um, this weekend, Schlong. Looking forward to another Friday, Saturday night of wrestling. Is a is Dynamite on the cruise, or is that being filmed somewhere else? Uh, Dynamite is uh, from Orlando. Okay, so it's not on the Jerichers. No, no, it's not. I don't know if they're actually going to film uh, something on the cruise, uh, but uh, it is from Orlando. Okay, just curious, didn't know. Yep. Uh, so, Shlong, uh, a couple things, really not too much uh, to kind of talk about news and notes-wise, but we mentioned Lee Moriarty before, uh, and it's actually really awesome that, um, uh, it, it, you know, Lee Moriarty did wind up getting uh, the official graphic. He is officially All Elite. Uh, that happened uh, last week following... Uh, the match uh, that he had with uh, Bobby Fish uh, on the buy-in for Rampage. So that was well-deserved. And also, Schlong, pretty awesome if you ask me. Um, Amanda Huber is all elite, and she got the official graphic. She's working with the community outreach team at AEW um, uh, to help, you know, uh, basically make strides to you know to kind of do good uh when the cameras are on and when they're off within the communities that AEW is visiting. So um pretty awesome. It, it, the reason I love that Schlong and I'm sure you do too is because basically like they're just continuing to show how much they care about you know uh one of the guys who you know came in and couldn't stay with them, right? He got sick and and passed away, and he was probably a big part of their future, and now they're making sure that, you know, his family is taken care of, and, you know, um, she's still working with the company, and that must really tell you what a good, genuine place it seems to be, um, because if it didn't seem like it was that good, would she really stick around and continue to work with them? So I thought that was just really awesome, a couple things to note. And you also mentioned before, Schlong, about Santana Garrett. So she doesn't have an official graphic, but a couple weeks ago when she did make her debut on, I think, just one of the regular darks, um, they did say that she she was all elite. So she's got some sort of appearance deal, right? Uh, but she doesn't have the official graphic yet. So we'll see. Maybe they'll give it to her. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. Just a couple uh, signing notes. Uh, and to be honest, Long, that's really it. I know there were a you couple missed one. other. You missed one. Who, who? Daniel Garcia got his official graphic. 
Oh, he did. Oh, I thought I thought he got it a, a week or no. So I think ago. it came like the, today, maybe today or yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's. I mean, we all knew he was signed, but yeah. They. I, I guess he finished up what I mean. Maybe New Japan Strong was his last date or something. He must have finished up his dates because that is actually what I found out. What why they waited to show the the Lee Moriarty graphic? They waited till his dates were up. Ah, gotcha. Okay, so then I just missed Daniel Garcia, but that's that's awesome. I mean, we knew where that was going. Uh, yeah. So uh, not a crazy big deal, but very awesome for Daniel Garcia. Um, and then I know there was some other news this week. I didn't really dig too deep into it, where Eric Bischoff was basically saying that uh, Tony Khan should just shut up and let the guys wrestle, and Tony Khan basically responded back. Uh, listen, uh I haven't sifted through any of it. If you did, that's fantastic. It's all fucking great, okay? It's all great. The shots that people within both companies are throwing back and forth via social, the comments that TK is making in response to things that the Fed are doing, it's fucking fantastic, okay? Let's try to not take it super seriously. It's all the work, guys. That's You beat me to it. It's all a fucking work, and you're all a bunch of goddamn marks. And that's why you're listening to the Mark Order podcast, right, Schlong? That's damn straight, because we're a bunch of marks, but we just realized that it's a work. It's 100% a work. And we thank you for listening to the Mark Order podcast. That's going to do it for us here tonight. We just want to make sure that we are plugging our shit yet again, because we got to get our shit in, uh, Schlong. Uh, again, we got some awesome stickers here, some free stickers for you if you want them. Uh, follow us on social at Mark Order Pod, and then hit us up uh, in our DMs uh, with your name and address, um, and uh, we'll send you out some free stickers. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. So I was going to say Twitch, but we're still working on Twitch. Uh, mm. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, you know, follow us at Mark Order Pod on all those. Hit us up for some stickers. Uh, and we'll send them out to you. Um, I don't know who's on the Monday Night Wizards show, but you should definitely give them a listen. Uh, Matt should be on Monday Night with the Wizards, and hopefully we get him back on this show soon. He's He it was honestly so pissed off today that he wasn't going to be here. Yeah, that's why tonight. I can't even make up a fake reason. I felt bad. No. We wish he was here, too. We wish Kate was here, too, but we get it. She's got to travel, and our schedules wouldn't allow us to be on earlier. So, um, who knows? Uh, Kate is getting on a, a, a boat full of, I'm going to assume, socially awkward, heavyweight gentlemen. Um, uh, and it's this going guy right to, here. Well, you know, you and me both, brother. Um, but, uh, we hope that Kate has a wonderful time, a safe time, lots of fun. Uh, and, uh, we hope to hear all about her trip when she gets back and how the cruise was. Uh, but all I know is Schlong, we're going to be back here next week. Uh, so next Wednesday, uh, we're going to have Dynamite back on Wednesday, right? So we're actually getting Rampage, uh, Friday night this week. Dynamite Saturday night, and then Dynamite Wednesday night. We are definitely not covering all of those shows. No, we're going to have to just pick, like, one match. We'll have to, if we even talk about Rampage, and then see how Dynamite is. Yeah. So, check it out. We're going to talk about everything we possibly can next Wednesday night. 
Um, Shalong, you got anything that you, I, I think I know the answer, but you got anything you want to plug anywhere? You're yeah. Follow be? us the Mark order uh, pod on Twitter. Cause that's honestly the only place you'll really see me talking on Twitter, but, and let's be fair. And it's been nice that anytime he tweets, he makes sure he initials it. So just assume if it's not initialed, it's me because yeah. I have no life. So I'm running it and you'll know it's me because I well, make stupid jokes. Yes, that's exclusively all it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I chime in when I have to. Um, or when somebody says something that I'm just like, this is egregious. I can't stand for this. And I sign my name to it. Um, so, yeah, follow us on uh, socials. Um, I don't think we have plans to be anywhere else until December AEW show. So, um, yeah, I mean, just continue following us here. Schlong and I are still working on figuring out when we can start doing our dark show. Uh, personal schedules have just been crazy to find extra time to get it in, but we're planning on bringing back the dark stuff, but you can always tweet along or follow along with uh, Schlong on Twitter during dark elevation and dark, and eventually we'll bring that back to uh, on-air content. But Schlong, a lot of fun, always fun doing the two-man crew, uh, the two-live crew here on the Mark Order Podcast with you. So thanks for hanging out tonight. Thanks for having me. Well, it was a fun one. It was a quick one. See, I told you. Yeah, well, you didn't drink us. It's the other guys who normally drink us. But, uh, all right, guys, we're off uh, for the night. So uh, tune in next week for the Mark Order Podcast here on the Shining Wizards uh, Network. Turn you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.